0: Today I want you to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 24, and uh, goodness, let's try Revelation 1. Matthew 24 and Revelation 1, and as you're turning there, uh, let's pray together one more time and ask God to speak to us. Just a few moments ago, I ask you that if Jesus were to show up in your life and begin to speak to you, uh, would you respond? And I pray that would be the case this morning. We're just going to seal that in prayer today as we begin. Father, we thank you that the Word of the Lord is alive and living and active in our life, and we just yield ourselves to your Word, and we pray it would bring forth much fruit in our life today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Today we continue with Doomsday Preppers. Now, I know that's a little scary thought there for you, especially with the gas mask, but the subline kind of tells us more about what we're talking about. Preparing your life and family for the end of days. Now, you need to understand something. According to Scripture, we are already there. In fact, the church was born on the day of Pentecost and Peter gets up and he preaches and he quotes Joel chapter 3, I think, and he says, uh, as the prophet Joel said, uh, in the last days, everyone say last days, in the last days I will do what? Pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And basically what he said, what you see here today, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, is that. So we know for sure that at the birth of the church on Pentecost Sunday, uh, you know, back 2,000 plus years ago, the prophetic uh, declaration was made that we're living in the last day. So you need to understand that. And you think, well, how could that be? You know, it's been over 2,000 years. You'd need to realize that in God's mind that there's just a little, uh, uh, you know, this time and season that we're in, though it may seem long and it may seem hard. It's just a, it's just a flicker in the, in the time clock of God. Uh, and, uh, he, a day with the Lord is as a what? And a thousand years is as a, day he wants us to know that he doesn't think in time and space like we think in time and space and in fact we see Jesus saying over and over in Matthew 24 and all of through revelations that he's coming quickly everyone says he's coming quickly and so that's what this series is all about and i wish i could go back and re-preach uh, uh, even teach the things we've been talking about on Wednesday night. I, I believe uh, that what I'm sharing with you is so important and it's imperative for us as families to link up with what God is saying to us here at the local church level as well as uh, around the world. And so uh, Matthew 24 and 25 was born by the Spirit uh, through the questions. Uh, of the disciples when jesus prophesied there as they walked through the on the temple mount he prophesied the destruction of jerusalem and that got their attention and they asked uh, when will these things be what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age and so matthew 24 and 25 is jesus response to those three questions the first question, when, he answered that one. He says, you don't know, nobody knows, not even the angels know, so quit trying to figure out when. But his big thing and what he really tried to get across to them, and I believe what he's still trying to get across to us, uh, is the overall theme of what he said in Matthew 24 and 25 was this, just, you just better be ready. Somebody say you got to be ready. Be ready for the return of Jesus Christ to planet earth. Now, as you know throughout the last few days i've made of the last few weeks i 've made a, 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 a what is it a disclaimer that i 'm not a theologian when it comes to eschatology. if you don 't know what eschatology is, then i 'm pretty safe in this crowd. in case you do it 's the study of the end times i 'm not a theologian, and i 'm smart enough to know that what Jesus said I could not know, I will not know. Uh, and uh, I'm smart enough to know that, hey, uh, if, if there's question marks about how it's all going to work out in the end, and there is, uh, then I'm going to do my part just to follow what Jesus would say, and I'm going to help you be ready for his return. Everyone say, Jesus is coming again. That's one thing you need to know, and that's the big theme of what Jesus said. In fact, other passages of Scripture in John 14, when he said he was leaving, they got all shook up. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, uh, you believe also in me, and my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And then he says, and, I, and, and when I go, I will come again. Somebody say, he's coming again. Touch somebody else and say, Jesus is coming again. He really is. And so we must be ready for his return. When you go to the end of the book, and I say, well, when you read the last "red" that is read in Scripture, you're going to find out that the last "red" R-E-D, that you can read, R-E-A-D, uh, is this. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Tell somebody else, Jesus is coming quickly. Amen. And so we need to embrace that truth. And that's what I'm endeavoring to do today. Now, two Sundays ago, uh, I shared with you from Revelation chapter 1. In fact, you can turn over there. We're going to look at this again, Revelation 1. Uh, and we looked at uh, John the Revelator, and we, uh, we embraced this thought that in the end of days, uh, if you don't want to be overwhelmed by the end of days... You need to be overwhelmed by the Ancient of Days, who is Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, and that's what happened with John the Revelator. And when you read that, and and he saw the resurrected Christ in all of his glory, walking amongst the lampstands. Somebody say lampstands. We'll talk about that in a moment. And he saw him in all his glory, and the presence of Jesus overwhelmed him. But when you read Revelation 1, you'll find that not only the presence of Jesus, and listen, when you when you stand in his presence, it will be overwhelming. And if you don't want to be overwhelmed by the end of days, you've got to be like John who put himself in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he was overwhelmed by the presence of God. But number two, he was overwhelmed by the person of Jesus Christ. And he talked about Jesus, and he began to define and describe who he was there in the beginning of Revelation. How many of you know Revelation is not about the end of days as much as it is about the ancient of days, Jesus Christ? The revelation of Jesus. And then we find there in the end, you read the end of the book, it's all about Jesus. Everybody say it's all about him. And so that's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We took a break on Easter Sunday. I didn't want to scare our Easter Sunday crowd with that gas mask uh, uh, picture there and scare them about the end of days. Uh, But we wanted to talk about the resurrected Christ, and He is alive. Somebody say, He is alive. He's not dead. He's alive. And so now we're plugging back in. And I want to share with you another thought from Revelation 1. We looked at the revelation of Jesus, and we all need a revelation of Jesus in our life. We need to see Him as He is and begin to embrace Him. He's not on the cross. Somebody say, He's not on the cross. He's not beaten, battered, and scarred. He may be scarred. Yes, He's still scarred. But He came out of the tomb. Hey, the victorious, conquering King over death, hell, and the grave. He's the victor. Amen. And so we need that revelation of who He is and what He means to us. But this morning, I want to talk about another revelation that we need to embrace That is, if we're going to stand strong and stand faith-filled through the midst of the end of days, it's not only the revelation of Jesus, but it's the revelation of His church. We need to understand uh, that Jesus uh, has something for us to embrace concerning the church. In fact, if you're in Revelation 1, say, I'm there, Pastor. All right, I want to read to you uh, uh, quite a bit here. Verse 9, I, John, verse 9, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and in the kingdom and the patience of Jesus, of Jesus Christ, was on the aisle called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet saying, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Now catch, here's the first thing that John the Revelator hears. When he hears and he sees and understands that he is in the presence of the resurrected Christ there on the isle called Patmos, he hears this. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. You know what? That, I just got to comment. It's all about Jesus. Amen? Did you know Genesis 1-1 ultimately was all about Jesus? and Coming to redeem God's created uh, uh, humanity. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last what you see write in a book and send it to the seven what somebody say churches the first thing the resurrected Christ says i'm going to write a letter through you send it to the churches and then he says he gives him a little more definition which are in asia to ephesus to smyrna to pergamus to thyatira to sardis to philadelphia and to laodicea and we know that uh, revelation 2 and then revelation 3 are those Letters that Paul, can yet pardon me, John, can you imagine John just setting, pinning the letters that the resurrected Christ? He said, write this down. This is important. And so it, then he says, I turned to see the voice. He heard that and he, haven't, he hadn't even seen the Christ yet. He said, I, I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. Having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Everybody see lampstands. Now, go to verse 20. I'm going to keep reading, but I just want you to get this even ahead of time. The last little phrase, and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Everybody say seven churches. All right. Then, then he goes on to say, then I turned and saw the voice, uh, and I saw the seven golden lampstands in the midst of the seven lampstands. Where was Jesus in the midst of what? the lampstands, the church I saw him in the midst of the churches one like the son of man clothed with a garment down to his feet and girded about his chest with a golden band his head and hair were white like wool as white as snow and his eyes were like a flame of fire, his feet were like fine brass. somebody said glory uh, as it is refined in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters and he had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth uh, went a, a sharp two edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, basically overwhelmed by the presence of Jesus. And he laid his hand on me saying to me, do not be afraid. Here he said it again. I'm the first and the last. Verse 18. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Everybody say up from the grave he arose. And he said, Amen. And I, was the, and, and I have the keys of Hades and death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. And everybody said, Amen. Here's the big idea. Everybody say, what's the big idea? Hey, we're talking about not just surviving the end of days, but thriving in the midst of the end of days. And we're living in those days. And here's the big idea. To prosper in the midst of the end of days, to be blessed or or, or to be productive, to prosper in the midst of the end of days, place yourself where Jesus is. And where is He? He's in the midst of His church. If you want to stay in the middle of the will of God, through the end of days, if you want to prosper and be blessed, you not only need a revelation of Jesus and oh there's a lot of people who say they have a revelation of Jesus but they don't have a revelation of his church let me tell you today there's some people that just they, they call themselves Christians and they say I love Jesus but I don't love his church that would be like saying uh, you know uh, a, a child saying uh, to his parents uh, I love uh, uh, you uh, mom or I love you dad but I don't love your my mom for some reason that's just not healthy that's not good that's not right uh, and, but there's a lot of people who have a revelation they say they have a revelation of Jesus but they don't have a revelation of his church let me tell you something when you read the letters that in revelations 2 and 3 you know what you're going to find you're going to find a flawed humanity how many of you know we live in a world that has flawed humanity And people here on planet Earth, they look at the church and they go, that's flawed humanity. And they say, I don't have nothing to do with it. It's kind of like flawed humanity saying, I don't want to have anything to do with some more flawed humanity. I'm telling you, Jesus, uh, even though the church was flawed, and he wrote letters of correction to the churches. But how many of you know He he corrects those whom he loves? And so you need to embrace this reality. And you need to get your family and friends to embrace this reality because the Bible teaches very clearly that in the end of days, we need to be plugged in, uh, connected, related, uh, uh, ministry-oriented and engaged as family with the local church. So, if you want to prosper and be blessed in the end of days, how many of you want to be, uh, be be blessed through the end of days, however long that is, whatever that means? I want to be. Hey, you got to be where Jesus is, because if you get where Jesus is in His presence, His abundance of joy and and life forevermore, you got to be where Jesus is in the last days. And where is He? He's walking in the midst of His churches. Amen. And so with that in mind, with that big idea, I want you to embrace that. I want you to think about that. I want you to ponder that. I'm going to just answer a few questions for you, kind of help you along. In fact, uh, one of my verses along these lines uh, is Hebrews chapter 10. I just want to quote it for you. Hebrews chapter 10, it's just a, a super pro, uh, uh, cooperative verse along these lines. Hebrews 10, the writer of Hebrews said this in verse 24. He said, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Everybody say love and good works. And look at verse 25 if you've turned there. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. I just mentioned that. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see what? The day, big letter D, the day approaching. He's talking about the end of days and the return of Jesus Christ. And the writer of Hebrews says this. Listen, we're living in the last days and that day is approaching of of his return. And one thing you need to get a hold of as we draw closer to the return of Jesus Christ, you better get plugged into the family of faith and don't be sitting on the outside edges. Get a revelation of the body and the family of God in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So with that in mind, everybody say the church is let me give you some thoughts about the church today the church number 1 is made up of local churches everyone say local churches now i just want to just say this i know you've heard this you've heard people say well pastor i'm a member of the, the of god's church of his bride but i just don't believe that i need to be a part of a local church well i just need to tell you and we'll move along that that's not biblical that's that's a cop-out. When you look to Scripture, most references in the word church is not about the church universal. And there is the church universal of all the family of faith, but there's local churches. And, and it's very clear. It's, you cannot biblically get around this. It's just very clear that God designed His plan for local churches in different regions and, and places to be built up and to grow and for all of us, all of God's people, to be a thriving part of a local church. You see that throughout scripture and So you need to realize that and we need To embrace that truth and I know I'm preaching To the choir a little bit here today because You're here but understand this uh, The local church is so very Important I was talking to a young man The other day I was giving him my local church message And I'm gonna, I told him this I said you know my, Beverly and I are pretty good parents we, 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 But we weren't perfect Lord Beth's Here on the front Stacy led worship Nathan was at, in, at covenant leading, Helping lead worship this morning our ch- Kids were raised in church and now you to hear this i used to hear people in the early years oh those poor they're poor preachers kids like you know like they've been cursed with a curse those poor preacher kids and I when i'd hear that i say stop 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 they're the most blessed kids in town they get to go to church every week they get to hear the word of god every week they get to hear their pastor who is their daddy preach every week they're the most blessed kids in town and and I, I just couldn't get a, I had I, ever bought into that, those poor preacher's kids. And I was talking to this young man. I said, you come to my church today. What you're going to see is my grown daughters with their family serving the Lord in church. You're going to see my grandkids running around like Indians all through the church. they In fact, my grandkids, if for some reason they can't go to church, the parents don't tell them it's church day because they will weep with gnashing of teeth. Oh, it's church. I want to go to church. I'm telling you something. It's how you raise your kids and how you raise. And I just told him, I said, hey, you, you, uh, you want to get married someday? Yes. You want to have kids someday? Yes. Let me tell you something. You better get this down right now. You better get your family in, the, in a local church. You better plug in, get involved, and, and, and let your family thrive in the middle of the local church. Whoo. Somebody say amen. Now, I believe that. And let me just say, this is a smaller crowd today. And, and let me say, some of you believe that with all your being. Some of you kind of believe that. Those, that, I'm just being, Can I be honest? Some of you that kind of believe that, write this down. I need to fix that in my life today. I need to become more engaged and more in connected and more involved and embrace the family of faith more than ever before. Amen. And so, the the local church is made up of, or or the church is made up of local churches. Number two, the church is made up of the end, uh, made for the end of day's harvest. Now, understand something. That's why we're here in the first place. We're not here just to sit, soaking sour. We're here for a purpose. In fact, what did Jesus say in Matthew uh, 24, verse 11? He talked about the the beginning of sorrows and the troubles of the last days. And he said this in verse 11, listen up. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Jesus defined when the end comes, and it's not a, a date and a time. It's when this world has been reached with the gospel of jesus christ and we're having a hard time doing that but hey progress is being made amen but that's why we're here when did i say earlier that the end of days or the last days began when the church was born you need to embrace this about the church we're not here just to meet your needs We're not here just to rub your feet and say, "Poor thing, you poor thing." Here, come on, here, here. Let me, let me help you. Oh, you bless you. You need this. You need that. Hey, we all have needs. Look at your neighbor and say, "We all have needs." We all hey, and that's why Jesus is our provider. But listen, the church is not here just to scratch our back and make us feel good and have a a, a fun time and go woo. We had Holy Ghost Church today, woo, and I felt I, fe- I felt something. And then when that doesn't happen in church, we go I didn't feel that. We're here to win this world to Jesus Christ. Could I get a better amen? That's why we're here. You and I were made for this. Some of you came to church because you had a monkey on your back and you needed to, somebody to help you get the monkey off your back. We'll get the monkey off your back. Now you got to go get the monkey off somebody else's back. I'm going to try that again because I got some of y'all. Some of y'all probably still got some monkeys. I've met some people who are professional at. Help me, Jesus. Help me. I need help. Hey, listen. How many of you know help is supposed to help? Have you ever met anybody you help and and it didn't help? <laughs> It's true. Help is supposed to help. And hey, we're made for the end of days. And Jesus said that. In fact, when you go to, uh, uh, when the rever- resurrected Christ spent some time with the church 40 days before he ascended to the Father, he said, let me tell you something. You need to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. Somebody say power. It wasn't power just to get up and make it to church. Listen, some of you, that's a move of God in and of itself. Woo, we got up in time to go to church. Man, the Lord's moving today no he said i'm going to give you power to be my witnesses in jerusalem judea and samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth did you know there are people still on their way to a devil's hell as we sit here in this service today we need to embrace the church the church is made up of local churches the church is here for the and is made up for the end of day's harvest i love what pastor ron says and we need to embrace it that. that he said this the church is not a cruise ship for the saints It's a fishing vessel for the sinners. We've turned a fishing vessel into the cruise ship for the saints. No, if it's not all-inclusive, people will bail on you in a hurry. Anybody ever been on a cruise? I love that phrase, all-inclusive. You go into the restaurant, it's lobster night. What does that cost? Oh, don't worry. It's all-inclusive. Well, give me 10 lobster tails then. I've done that, by the way. It wasn't all you could eat, but it was all I could eat. I just keep bringing them. Finally, he said, okay. He brought a whole platter of lobster tails. I said, I'm in heaven. That's what people think church is about. Feed me, feed me. Give me some more of this. Give me some more. I want some more of it. Uh, 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 or whatever. I, and, and we've turned the church into a cruise ship for the saints. God forbid. That it's all about us. Tell your neighbor, it's not about you. It's about those who have yet to name the name of Christ. And so it's not a a cruise ship for the saints. It's a fishing vessel for sinners. And people love to get on the cruise ship because they don't have to do anything. You get on a fishing vessel, it's time to go to work. Hello. This has to be a revelation. I know I'm a little tough, but listen, I get kind of frustrated with the American mindset in the local church. Can you tell? We're made for the end of day's harvest. Number three, the church. Everybody say the church is. The church is not only made up of local churches and not only made for the end of day's harvest, the church is made up of God's family. It is a family. And, and, and sadly, in many scenarios, the family has been battered, bruised, and scarred, and, and there's, there's, there's daddy issues going on, and people are hurt and offended, and, and divorce and trouble and trauma, not only in, in our biological families, but it's bled off into the local church, and the family's been, has struggled with this, but we need to embrace the reality that God is a family man, if you will. I know He's not a man, but all He ever wanted was a family. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians, and you can turn there. I'm going to bust through Ephesians pretty fast here in just a moment. But if you'd like to turn there, you can. Ephesians 2.19 says, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household, the family of God. I love the living Bible. It says this, you belong in God's house with every other Christian. We're a part of the family, and we need to embrace the reality of family. I love my family. Everybody say hallelujah. I love them now. I know fat we got some of you say, "Well, I don't love all my family." Uh, I get that. I understand that. But hey, just because maybe there's there's tra- traumatized families here in the house, I'm going to celebrate my family. Hallelujah! In fact, last night it was popcorn night at our. It was impromptu popcorn. That's what we had for supper last night. Lauren, Josh came over and said, "It's about to rain. We're bored. We're coming over." And they brought that pathetic uh, uh, microwave popcorn. I said, that, "That that don't work. I'll make you some real corn." We popped up a bunch of corn. That's what we had. for, And it was popcorn. We just sat around and kind of vegged out and, and, and watched the kids a little bit. And then a little bit, the kids got cranky and had, took a bath and they went home. It was just impromptu popcorn night. I love my family. I'm telling you, it's all about God's family. And we need to embrace the reality of God's family. If your family's all messed up, get in plug in with the family of faith and get yours fixed a little bit. He might help you fix the rest of it. Come on, could it get a better amen? The church is a family. In fact, here's what... Uh, uh, the revelator, if you will, not the revelator, but the psalmist who, who prophesied about God. He said, God sets the solitary in family. Psalm 68. He sets the solitary in families. He doesn't want us to be out there like the Lone Ranger. Listen, even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. And they were tight. We need the family. The church is made up of God's family. Number four, the church is made up as God's place. There's a. This is God's place. Let me hit it quick. Of governance. Everybody say governance. Ephesians 1.22 uh, talks about Jesus being the head of the church. It's a place of guidance. Ephesians 4.11 talks about the five-fold ministry, the pastor, the teacher, the prophet, the, the evangelist. Uh, uh, the, I think I hit them all. I'm not sure. They're here for the for the saints, to equip the saints, for the work of the ministry, to bring guidance in their life and to bring governance in their life. There's governance and guidance in the local church. And could I tell you? i got to tell you today, if you're here and you say, I don't need that. I don't need governance in my life. Oh, yes, we all do. We're all natural-born rebels at heart. What was the first sin? Satan rebelling against God. We're natural-born rebels. Look at your neighbor and say, you rebel, you, you And we need governance in our life, and God is a God of governance. How many of you know if there's no governance, there's chaos? And we need the church in our life to help us and to guide us and to govern us and be be a leader in our life. And that's, hey, that's another evidence of the need for the local church in our life because if you just say, I'm just a part of the, uh, the, 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 the church universal, what you're saying is, I don't want anybody involved in the governance of my life. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Now, is that cocky or what? I used to sing that. I'll dare to try again. No, I'm running out of time. Me and Jesus. Used to have a banjo. Can you see Pastor Sam with a banjo? Come jigga jigga jigga. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. See, I'm pretty good. Me and Jesus, I got it all worked out. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. This is the kicker. And we don't need anybody to tell us what it's all about. You can turn that into a rock song. And it's all wrong theologically. We need people in our life who can bring guidance and even governance in our life. Some people say, well, I'll take guidance. But don't you dare tell me what to do, brother. Amen. The church is God's place of governance and guidance. The church is God's place for growth. Ephesians 4.16 talks about when we all plug in and get involved and, and, and we start doing our part. Everybody say, do our part. We start doing our part. We all have something to give, something to offer. When we all began to get involved and plug in and do our part, it causes the growth of the church uh, for of itself in love. And so if you want to grow, you got to plug in and get involved and you will grow along with all those around you. It's the place of governance and guidance. It's a place of growth. And number four, I love this, it's a place of the glory of God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 22 says the church is a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And then if you go over to Ephesians chapter uh, 3 verse 20 and 21, it says to Him be glory in the church. That's the church in a little nutshell. We need to embrace the revelation of the church in our life. And began to realize that God's called us to be plugged in and involved uh, in in the local church. And, And here's some thought. The church is, let me tell you some Jesus is. Everybody say Jesus is. Here we go. Jesus is this. He's the builder of the church. He said this in Matthew 16, verse 18. I won't give you the total context, but he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Everybody say he's the builder of the church. And in fact, it, when the church was born in Acts chapter 2 and 3, uh, and, and people were being born again and added to the church, chapter 2, verse 47, it says, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. See, He's the builder of the church. Number two, He's the boss. I'm not the boss of the church. We used to to have a friend uh, The kids would get together And you know He'd come And I'd try to govern I can't remember who it was They'd say You're not the boss of me I said no But I'm about to try Listen The Bible says in Ephesians He's the head He's the head of the church And how many of the head of the church Should be the head of the church Did you know people make decisions about church Without discussing the head With the head And I'll I'll tell you what, I've seen people make decisions in life-altering history. They go to church based on what the kids want or what flavor uh, of of preaching there is or what this, that, and the other is. And they make decisions right here and they don't get the head to say, where do you want me to go? It's not where you feel good, it's where does Jesus want you to go? Amen? Amen. Well, I just didn't feel good. Well, you need to talk to Jesus about that. If he brought you here, uh, he, he may want you to get over that part in your life and begin to function. He's the boss. Everybody say, he's the boss of the church. And we are his. Hey, listen to me as the pastor. I'm just I'm just an administrator of ministry. I, I just do my best to hear what God has to say in marriages. Hey, hey guys, how many of you know you're not ultimately the boss? You're, well, I'm the head of my house. Well, your wife's the neck, and she turns you any which way she wants. Though we have governmental responsibility, our, 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 allegiance is to the, to the head of the church, to the Lord of glory. And he's the head of all things. And it's what does he say? Everybody say it's what? What, what does he say? And he's the head of the church. He's the builder. He's the boss. And here's one that I want you to embrace. Uh, and, and let me just say, uh, the boss uh, in the church, he believes in his church. Even though you read Revelation 2 and 3 and there's some some nasty things going on in church, humanity and and unrighteousness going on in the church, He's still walking in the midst of His churches. He believes in you. He believes in what we're doing here today. He hasn't given up on the church. People by the droves are giving up on church. Jesus will never give up on His church. If you don't want Him to give up on you, He won't. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Uh, But hey, if you want to be part of something that Jesus is involved in get plugged into the local church amen he believe, he's the believe, he believes in the church amen number 4 he's the baptizer of his church He said go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father And you know the story Acts 2 They were all together in one place And suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon them They were all filled with the Holy Spirit And they began to speak the word of God with boldness And the church was born And people's lives were being transformed And people were being saved by the thousands And it's still happening all over the world The Holy Spirit is still being poured out on the church And people are being transformed all over the world You say well you know America it's kind of flat You need to travel around the world a little bit and you need to see the millions and the millions and the millions of people who are flooding into local churches who are being born again and saved by the hundreds of thousands. He's the baptizer of His church and today He wants to baptize you in the power of the Holy Spirit, not just to get the monkey off your back and give you the joy, joy, joy down in your soul you're liable to get that, but to empower you to be a witness in all the world. And to help fulfill His kingdom purpose in the earth. Jesus is the builder. He's the boss. He's the believer in His church. He's the baptizer of the Holy Spirit in His church. And number five, He's the bridegroom who is coming back for His church. And He loves us. Somebody say, He loves us. Listen, God so loved the world. That He gave us His only begotten Son That whosoever would believe on Him would not perish But have everlasting life And then when you read Revelation You'll find out that He gives this illustration That He is the bridegroom And the church is His bride And one day there will be a marriage supper of the Lamb When Jesus comes and gathers us to Him And there will be a great supper And it will be the union of the bride and the bridegroom And, 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 the, and the end of days for us will be over And eternity will begin And he's coming back for his bride. And as we began this morning, looking at Matthew 24, my question to you is, are you ready for his return? Do you know that you know him? Even in this group today, I just want to ask, if you're not sure about where you're going to spend eternity, today would be a great day to get that figured out. I'm going to ask you to do something today. I'm going to ask you to bow your head for just a moment. And if you're here today, you've never given your life to Christ, this would be a great day to do it, to just be introduced to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Savior of the world. As we talked about last week on Easter Sunday, he was was born to die and he paid a great price with his blood for each of us. He was buried in a borrowed tomb and three days later he rose again. So, you and I could have eternal life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I just want to know for sure that Jesus Christ lives in my heart. I want to know that I'm born again. If that's you today, wherever you are, just lift your hand and say, That's me. I want to pray for you. Anyone here? I say, I'm just not sure. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'll pray for you. Just lift your hand and say, That's me. Anyone. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I know I'm born again, but I know I'm not walking with him the way I need to. Today, Pastor, I want to know, know that, uh, that everything is right between me and him, and I want to I connect with him afresh and anew in my life. And if you'll pray for me, I'll do that today. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you might be. I want to get it straight. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Today, as we close this service, this is a great opportunity for all of us to make a fresh commitment to Christ And embrace the revelation of Jesus But also embrace A revelation of His church And so with every head bowed And every eye closed As we prepare to pray here in Just a moment I'm going to ask you If you're here and you're searching For a church home You're searching for your place And you believe you've found it At Church on the Rock North I want to invite you in just a moment to make a connection with your family of faith and begin to embrace the reality of Christ in your life and His church and embrace the revelation of His church today. Let's stand together. As we stand together, I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you today that you're right here in our midst, and that, Lord, just as you were walking in the midst of your churches there in Revelation 1, I know and I believe and I embrace the reality that you're walking In the midst of this church today So Lord we just thank you for being here I want everybody in this room Just to thank him for being here And though we don't see him As John the Revelator saw him We can can embrace him And I want you just to thank him for being here today Lord thank you for walking in the midst Of your church today Thank you for embracing us today Thank you for not giving up on us today Thank you for loving us today We love you today Jesus We thank you for today, Jesus. Thank you for your love for us. For you that lifted your hand just a few moments ago, we're all going to pray together. You're here and you can say, Pastor, I just need to fall in love with them all over again. That's a great thing to do right now. I want us to all pray this prayer together. Say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for loving me, Lord. I ask you this morning, to just come afresh and anew in my life. I yield myself to you once again. I turn from any known sin and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for being the Lord and the leader of my life. I yield myself as as your servant and as your child. Lead me, guide me, and direct me today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just sing a simple song today and close out this service. In a moment, I'm going to pray one more prayer. But let's just sing together. Let's just enter his presence no as he's walking in our midst today. No I would There's no
1: place. There's no place. No place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. Come on, lift it up. To up no place I would rather be. No place I would rather be than here, here, in, in, your your here, here in your love, here in your love. No place I would rather be. Father, we be. thank you for your love today. No place I would rather be. Thank you for your love. Today. No place I would rather
0: today if you're here you're searching for a church home I want to pray for you even if you're not sure if this is where you need to be you're searching for God's place in your in your, in your life and that place of connection and, and you can say pray for me pastor I need to know where I fit in the body of Christ and I'm seeking after God's will and plan for my life just lift your hand wherever you are I'm going to pray for you wherever you are amen amen You're here today and you believe God is adding you to Church on the Rock North. And you can say, Pastor, I just believe this is where we need to be. I believe that that this is where God wants us to be. And we're we're excited to connect with the family of faith here at Church on the Rock. If there's anyone here today, that you just lift your hand. And I'll I'll, I'll pray for you today as well. Amen. Father, we thank you today for your, your presence in our midst. We thank you for drawing us and leading us and helping us. I thank you for these that are searching for your place uh, uh, in their life, Lord, where they fit in the family of faith. I pray, God, you would speak to them and draw them to where you would have them to be, and they would begin to connect with the family of faith. Lord, I thank you for it today, and I give you all the praise and all the glory. And, Lord, we love you, and we love one another. And there's no place I'd rather be, right, Lord. There's no place I'd place I'd rather be. No
1: place I would rather be, no place I would rather be than here in your life. Would rather be, no place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love.
0: Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your family, Lord, you've given us. We love you and we love one another. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Well, God bless you. Let's give the Lord, the head of our church, a big God bless you. Let us know we love Him. We love you, Lord. Thank you for being here today, Lord. Walking in our midst today. Amen. Now, as you leave today, I want to encourage you to be an investor in Haiti today. And if you can do that, I'm going to ask the ushers to find their place at all the doors with some uh, 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 some bags. And hey, there's no pressure, but I'm telling you. They need our help. If there's a way you can do it, I know God will bless you. He'll help you. Even like uh, Eunice shared with us, no matter what's going on in your life, He'll bless you. You just sow a seed and see what He'll produce in your life. Amen. Wednesday night, we begin our growth groups. Be here at, at 7, ready to rock and roll. Uh, and it's going to be a great time. Ladies, don't forget to sign up for the for the uh, 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 ladies' retreat. And our men's crawfish bowl Bring some friends. Again, wear a red shirt so you can eat all you want without it. Everybody know you didn't splatter it all over you. Uh, I made the mistake of coming in a white shirt, crawfish bowl, bad choice. Okay, so it's going to be a great time. God bless you, and you have a great week. And uh, we'll see you Wednesday night right here at Church on the Rock. No place I'd rather be.